the parable of the sower. Again, he began to teach beside the sea. Such a very large crowd gathered around him that he got into a boat on the sea and sat there while the whole crowd was beside the sea on the land. He began to teach them many things in parables and in his teachings, he said to them, listen, a sower went out to sow and as he sowed, some seed fell on the path and the birds came and ate it up. Other seed fell on the rocky ground where it did not have much soil and it sprang up quickly since it had no depth of soil. And when the sun rose, it was scorched and since it had no root, it withered away. Other seeds fell among the thorns and the thorns grew up and choked it and it yielded no grain. Other seed fell into good soil and brought forth grain growing up and increasing and yielding 30 and 60 and a hundredfold. And he said, let anyone with ears to hear, listen. When he was alone, those who were around him, along with the 12, asked him about the parables. And he said to them, to you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God. But for those outside, everything comes in parables in order that they may indeed look, but not perceive and may indeed listen, but not understand so that they may not turn again and be forgiven. And he said to them, do you not understand this parable? then how will you understand all the parables? The sower sows the word. These are the ones on the path where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown in them. And these are the ones sown on rocky ground. When they hear the word, they immediately receive it with joy, but they have no root and endure only for a while. Then, when trouble or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately they fall away. And others are those sown among the thorns. These are the, th the ones who hear the word, but the cares of the world and the lure of wealth and the desire for other things come in and choke the word, and it yields nothing. And these are the ones sown on the good soil. They hear the word and accept it and bear fruit. 30 and 60 and a hundredfold. Well, we've been going through uh, our journey of Lent together. And today we arrive to Palm Sunday, a day of joy and celebration of Christ as the Messiah coming into Jerusalem, as you remember, mounted on a donkey, not as a warrior, but coming as our gentle savior who is compassionate and kind and merciful, offering us his love um, as he enters into this final Paschal week, so Palm Sunday. And often we, we look at that story that I've just cited, but today I thought I would just look at it differently. And as we've been working through uh, the book of Mark to continue, and to look at Mark chapter four, where Jesus tells the story, the parable of the four types of soil, because I think it is an invitation for us to be receptive and to be attentive and to hear and to listen, which uh, is what Lent is about and really what Jesus is communicating to us uh, in his life, even as he goes into his uh, Paschal week. So with that in mind, we turn to Mark chapter 4, looking at verses 1 to 20, and I'm going to just read the first couple of verses um, just to sort of set the, 
theme. Again, he began to teach beside the lake. Such a very large crowd gathered around him that he got into a boat on the lake and sat there while the whole crowd was beside the lake on the land. He began to teach them many things in parables. And in his teaching, he said to them, listen, a sower went out to sow. Then he starts the parable. So the setting is Jesus again back in the area of the Lake of Galilee, this beautiful lake, mountains around it, the slope of the mountains come down, the hills to the lake. And so Jesus is speaking, the crowds are attracted to this powerful teaching of this rabbi who is unschooled uh, from, you know, their area, Galilee, which is a long way really from Jerusalem, and he's speaking in such a magnetic way and powerful way, and the folk are just really glued to him. So it's interesting that he, he begins to teach seated in a boat out in the water, looking back to the shore, uh, with people seated on the shore and then going up the hill, uh, maybe where Jesus had taught the Sermon on the Mount. Interesting seated in a boat because in church history, early church art, the picture of a boat and disciples with Christ in a boat, it's a symbol of community. It's a symbol of connecting with Jesus and with each other. So we're in the boat together. And so I think Mark even here is telling the story, but the boat has a symbolic importance. There's a metaphor in the boat that Jesus is with us even as we travel in our boat uh, 2,000 years later, the boat of this community of faith at Weston and your community of faith where you are listening. So Jesus is speaking and he speaks uh, to the crowd in parables. He speaks to the crowd in stories. And so, you know, these stories are meant to kind of garner our interest, attract our interest, but in a in a way that, you know, Dickinson talks about telling the truth slant. So Jesus tells the truth through stories, through slant, to perk the ima imagination and the consciousness of people, so to hear the words. So it's, it's a, um, a subtle way, it's not blunt. You know, Jesus is trying to uh, lift up our ears. So when he begins and he says, listen, <laughs> a sower went out to sow, that listen is pay attention. It's an imperative, it's a command. I, I really want you to listen up here because what I'm saying is important. We give a command to our kids when they're younger, we expect them to hear that. And Jesus is saying, hey, listen up, be attentive. Larry Hurtado, which uh, Beth and I had years ago, had a chance to work with, it, uh, with, with Larry at Regent College. Larry is now with the Lord, but he wrote a wonderful commentary, uh, ultimately on the Gospel of Mark, and he writes, Mark wishes to remind his readers that Jesus' message is no easy pill to swallow and no mild word of spiritual uplift, but a declaration of war upon the power of evil, and thus, as is true in any war, demands preparedness 
for opposition and sacrifice. So I want to tell you a story. Pay attention. Hurtado reminds us that this is a calling and it's a, it's a costly response to say yes to Jesus, but that's what he's doing here. So Jesus sets up, Mark sets up the parable uh, in these first few verses of Mark chapter 4 with the imperative to listen. So the story goes, and, and you remember it well, uh, a sower is casting out seed. It's, so it's, it's a picture of the Persian way of farming where you know, it wasn't modern like as today, you know, the tractor goes down and there are very even rows and it's very neat and tidy. Uh, down in Prince Edward County, there's a farm right beside where we have a spot and you know, it's very tidy, very neat. Corn grows up, it's very beautiful, very layered. In the first century, the farmer would just have seed and would walk through his acreage and just throw seed, just throw it. And after throwing the seeds land, the farmer would then go and till the ground and turn it over. The seeds would get mixed up in the soil and, and it would grow. That was the Persian way and that's the way of farming that was used in Galilee in that time. So the sower, the farmer's just sowing, throwing the seed. Interesting also that in those days, and still in some parts of Ontario, around the Lake of Ontario, the, the farms go right up to the lake. There's not that much left of that. Now there's usually other properties or something going on, factories or whatever, but there was a day when the farms would go right up to the lake, and that's certainly how it was in Jesus' day. So the pasture land comes down almost to the shoreline, very close. And I say that because it, it shows that the world of fishing, the Lake of Galilee, and the world of farming, were, they were very close. And the, the, the fishermen saw the farmers doing their work. The farmers saw the fishermen doing their work. And so Jesus draws on both worlds all the time in terms of his teaching. So he's living in Capernaum. He sees the farmers doing their work. He's now seated in a boat and he's talking. So he's using images that everybody gets. So when Jesus talks about the farmer sowing seed, they get that. And so Jesus then says, okay, there are different soils. We can see that the way the seeds land. And some land on the path, path that would go through the field, and the birds would quickly come and just snatch that seed away. It's hard, it's visible, birds come and grab it. And then secondly, there's there seed that falls in kind of a rocky, soily area. It's a mixture of rock and soil. And the seeds will start to grow, and they start showing, but they don't have uh, the depth. And so they will die off because there's no uh, depth to the rocky soil. No roots, Jesus says. And then thirdly, there are seeds that fall in the thorns, thorny area. And here the, the seeds grow a little, a little farther, a little higher, but eventually they're choked out by the, by the different uh, growth around. So he says the thorns, but it could be different vegetation that stronger weeds takes over. Again, the seed eventually dies, third soil. 
And then finally, there's the fourth soil, which is the good soil. And the surprise here is that the, the productivity is, 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 is immense. So it's 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold. Apparently the normal fold in Christ's day was about seven and a half per seed. So we're talking 30 and 60 and 100. Any of those numbers would be a bumper crop. And so it ends up with an encouraging word that, <clears throat> hey, if you look to God, if you live for him, then there is great possibilities of growth, 30, 60, 100 fold. That's what Jesus is saying. So four types of soil, productive soil or unproductive soil. That's what Jesus is saying. And then he ends by saying, again, pay attention, verse 9, let anyone with ears to hear listen. So he begins with the word, be attentive, to hear, and then he ends with the same, be attentive, hear. <clears throat> That's it. That's the parable. Parable just means to throw a story alongside the people, just throw it. And then the people are told, I want you to hear and to reflect on, on what that means. You see these farmers doing this all the time. Think about that in terms of our connection with God. What does that say? So he doesn't explain it. He just says it. And the people are invited to reflect on that. That's how he teaches. So having heard that, the story continues on and the disciples come to Jesus uh, as the unit goes on, verses 13 through 20. And they're saying, you know, Lord, help us to understand the parable of the sower. Of the sower. <clears throat> and they don't really understand it and they want explanation. So then Jesus goes on and he then gives an explanation to this parable. And Mark is giving us the explanation to the parable here. <clears throat> so in verse 14, we're told that the sower sows the word. Verse 14, the sower sows the word. So the seed is the word of God, is the logos. It's the importance of God's word. As Baptists, for 500 years, we've talked about the importance of the word, staying tuned into the word. The sower sows the word. So farmer throws the seed. Jesus is saying that seed is the word of God. Do we hear or not? Are we, are we paying attention or not? Some falls on the path. Interesting enough, in verse 15, it says that Satan comes immediately and snatches the seed away. Note, these are the ones on the path where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes away the, the word that is sown in them. So we don't know how the evil one does that. But the word is sown, and then it, it, it just is lost. It might be because of laziness. It might be because of indifference. It might be because of resistance. We don't know, but Jesus explains it as the power of evil comes alongside and just takes it away so that we don't even really think about it. It doesn't cause any moment of pause. We just hear it and it's gone. Jesus is saying that's like the seed that falls on the path. You remember Paul's words in Ephesians 6, 12, where it says we, do, we don't wrestle against principal, we wrestle against principalities and powers. 
not just with other humans, but there's a different force going on. I think we see that force always in, in, in war, in violence, and hatred. We see these forces of evil. So Jesus says this first seed on the path is just snatched, taken away. Secondly, <clears throat> verse 17, some seed falls on rocky soil. It grows, but then it is lost. But listen to it in, in specific the specifics of this. And these are the ones sown on rocky ground. When they hear the word, they immediately receive it with joy. Interesting. <clears throat> but, <clears throat> excuse me, they have no root and endure only for a while. Then when trouble or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately they fall away. So initially they hear it with joy, <clears throat> but then eventually troubles come along and the troubles the, the, the real meaning of that word is the pressure, feeling tight, feeling the pressures of the world, the tightness of the world, this kind of trouble causes the seed finally to die. It does not persevere. And Jesus says, ultimately, it's because these, the seed doesn't take root. It doesn't go down deep. So when we hear the word, and as we receive life, we're to enable that and work with that seed so it goes down deep into our lives so that it takes root. That, that's part of what we've been doing through Lent, to try to enable the roots of our faith to go down deeper so that they become strong. And then when the wind comes and the, you know, the blowing wind, we stay there, we're strong. Don't get blown away. So do we have roots or not? That's, that's the invitation. In verse 17, at the end, note it says, immediately they fall away. The, the, work, the word that Mark uses there is scandalizo, and it's actually a favorite word Mark uses it more than anyone else. And, and it, it speaks to being shocked, to taking offense, to anger. So when it says it falls away, it, it, it's literally, it has these nuances. We're take, we take offense at what Jesus says. We're offended at what Jesus says. We become angry. We get wrapped up in our own ego. We become scandalized, our English word. That's the word that means when the seed falls away. And so when we don't take root in in God and finding strength in him, then eventually something scandalizes us. Some word is spoken. In the church community, somebody does something really irritates you and you turn away. You say, I'm never going back there again. I, I just have had it with these Christians. See, that, that's being scandalized. And the devil can use that so then we drop out and then who are the losers? Well, we are the losers. Because we're not allowing ourselves to go deeper in what God has for us. We fall away. So that's the seed on rocky soil. And then there are seeds that fall amongst the thorns. Here in verses 18 and 19. And others are those sown amongst the thorns. These are the ones who hear the word, but note, but the cares of the world and the lure of wealth and the desire for other things come in and choke the word 
and it yields nothing. The word chokes. So it's interesting there, verses 18 and 19, we need to hear that. So what can choke the word in our life? Well, one is care or anxiety. <clears throat> the Greek word merimanao, do not be anxious about anything. Do not be anxious about tomorrow, Jesus says. That's the same word. Cares and anxieties will take away our faith if we just go by those. We are to keep our eyes on Christ, not on our anxieties, not on our worries, not on our frustrations, not on all the things that can go wrong. All kinds of things can go wrong. And we'll just be preoccupied by them all. And Jesus says if we do that, then the, the word can be choked out. And then secondly, he talks about the deceit of wealth, Mark uses, or the lure of wealth. And if you go through a variety of English translations, it uses a variety of words. The delights of wealth, the glamour of wealth, the love for riches, delusion, seduction. Right now in our world, there's lots of talk about the, the huge super yachts of the oligarchs of, of Russia and how they can't find port. I mean, these, these yachts, these boats worth billions of dollars. The delights of wealth, the glamour, the lure. Mark is saying, Jesus is saying, the lure of wealth, the deceit of wealth can trip us up and we lose our faith because of this other God that we're looking to. And then finally, Jesus talks about the desire for other things. And the desire for other things comes in and chokes the word and it yields nothing. Can be our materialism, desire for things, or it could be a desire for whatever, our lust, attraction, a dif different vision that we're living by. Jesus says any of those things can take the seed of faith away. The thorns choke out the light. But finally, and these are the ones sown on the good soil. <clears throat> they hear the word and accept it and bear fruit 30 and 60 and 100 fold. The good soil, the abundant harvest. This is the invitation. And then three verbs are used in verse 20. This seed hears, this seed receives, this seed bears fruit. So that's what Jesus means by, hey, pay attention, hear. Tune up, wake up, hear the word, receive the word, and then the word will bear fruit. So that's an encouraging word to the first century church. When many are not responding, but Jesus says those who do respond, there can be a bountiful harvest. So that's the parable of the sower as Jesus lays it out. So as we went, and just a few words. <clears throat> What does it mean? Well, one, small beginnings and great endings. We've all taken, you know, a little acorn, held it in our hands, and then realizes that it could grow into this massive tree. Wow, little beginning, a great ending. Our own church story. We begin in a tent across the street. We've been here for over 100 years, and new things are bubbling up, a whole new place for the community of faith to be engaged in the area far cry from a little tent small beginnings great endings number one two 
it speaks to the life-giving potential for all of us. All of us in Christ have great potential. We all have this little seed of faith that can grow and do amazing things. And we go through different seasons of life and we can go through a season perhaps where we are disheartened by times of sterility. We just feel like nothing's going on. But that's not true. Something is going on deeper down. And as we keep looking to God, new things can come about. So I encourage all of us, keep looking to God, keep trusting in him. New seasons of growth and abundance surely can come about for all of us in surprising ways. The life-giving potential of the seed of faith. And then finally, we can simply ask, well, you know, what kind of soil am I? How receptive am I to God's word? Because that's what Jesus is saying. Listen up. Listen up. Am I determined to listen, to pay attention, to persevere in my faith? Not to indulge ourselves in whatever secondary matters there are, but to stay focused on Christ. To listen up. To hear. So I suggest on this Palm Sunday, as we've closed and coming to a close of our Lenten journey, that we might look to Jesus, that we might have ears that are open, eyes that are open, open the eyes of our heart, we sing, to really listen and hear God's word into your heart, into your mind, into your person, that you can say yes to him. Not no, but yes for the glory of God on this Palm Sunday. May we be seeds in good soil that grow an abundant harvest for Christ. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.